Welcome to the Weekend News Bulletin with Course Correction Radio. I'm Trey Harris, and thank you for joining me. Just two stories I want to get into in today's News Bulletin, and that is, number one, the issue in Ohio with the tragic death. Anytime there is a shooting, no matter whether it was justified or unjustified, anytime a human life is taken, it is a tragedy. So let me say that up front. But I want to talk about... Um, some issues with the Micaiah Bryant shooting in Ohio, as well as some issues with what I like to call the secret sauce concoctions, you know, this uh, medical development that everybody's getting injected into their arms. I want to talk about some things that should be concerning to anybody in the American public, but especially concerning to believers in Christ. And uh, so we're going to get into that right now. All right, let's get into the first story. This is from news.sky.com. This is Sky News, and the headline says, Black girl shot dead by police minutes before Derek Chauvin verdicts are read. Footage reportedly shows an officer shooting the teen as she attempts to stab two people with a knife. Police have just... Police have shot and killed a young black girl just before Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd. The shooting on Tuesday afternoon in Columbus, Ohio, came after police responded to reports of an attempted stabbing. The callers had said females were trying to stab them and put their hands on them, according to Columbus Interim Police Chief Michael Woods. No further details were gathered from the caller who hung up the phone, according to the Columbus Dispatch. It is unclear what then led to police shooting the girl, but she was taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. Nobody else was injured. Wood said, quote, this is a tragic incident for all involved, but especially for the family of the female. And the article goes on, but what I want to focus on here is it says it is unclear what then led to police shooting the girl, but she was taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. Now, I would like to say up front, just so, just in case anybody is not familiar and you've only seen things that are reported on the mainstream media, body cam footage has been released, and it is very clear that the girl was holding a knife. Now, what I would like to do is kind of contrast that with this second article. So let's go into it. The second article is from Infowars.com. Yes, that's right. You heard me right. The infamous Infowars. This is what they have to say. New footage shows Micaiah Bryant yelling, I'm going to stab the F out of you. And it pardon my language, but this is this is what the headline says. I'm going to stab the F out of you, bitch, during knife attack. New footage of the moments... Excuse me, let me start that over. New footage of the moments before she was shot dead by a police officer during a knife attack shows Micaiah Bryant yelling, quote, I am going to stab the out of you, bitch. And yes, I'm not going to say the F word just because I want to keep this as family friendly as possible, but I do want to 
at least highlight some of the aggressive language that was used. Leftists have continually lied about the incident in Columbus, Ohio, at first claiming Bryant was unarmed and then trying to argue that she was, quote, just a child, end quote, who got involved with a, quote, knife fight, end quote, and should have been left alone. In reality, the new footage once again underscores what really happened. Bryant was engaged in a frenzied knife attack, and by shooting her dead, the officer saved the lives of two other African-American women. The 26 second video captured by a neighbor's garage camera across the street shows Bryant charging towards another woman while screaming quote and then it says that again as the officer as the other body cam video of the incident shows Bryant was carrying a kitchen knife and trying to slash her victims before the police officer Nicholas Reardon shot her dead neighbor Donovan Brinson who released the garage cam footage, said it clearly vindicates Reardon's response. Quote, He could have either not fired and the young lady in the pink could have been stabbed in the neck and brutally or fatally injured, and then could sh- then he could shoot Bryant, and we could have two young women dead, or we could have respond, or he could have responded in the way that he did, and one young lady lost her life, Brinson told Fox News. Other another eyewitness, Ira Graham the third, told Columbus Dispatch, quote, I believe in truth and facts. Video doesn't lie. Quote, she was in full attack mode, end quote. Bryant, quote, was literally aiming a knife at this young lady, end quote, Graham said of the female in the pink scene in the clip. Quote, she needed to be stopped at that point. That young lady's life was at stake, end quote. And there are, and I will leave a link to this in the show notes. We're not going to play the clip just due to the violent nature of what happened. However, I will leave a link in the show notes so you can go look at the footage and make it up for yourself. Because as you can see, we clearly have a discrepancy in what two different news agencies are reporting. So what do believers about Jesus Christ or believers in Jesus Christ, do when confronted with situations like this. What side do you take? Who's right? Who's wrong? And may I just suggest that the best thing we can do is not take sides and get involved in tribalism in these instances. We let the facts do the talking. We do our research. And we keep our opinions out of it because if you are familiar with our regular podcast we have an entire episode called no love in the end where we talk about how jesus predicted things like this would happen and that is going to be the theme of today's news broadcast is the prosperity of the wicked because when you have wicked organizations that deny the power of christ and they stand against everything that he believes in they will use situations like this, the death of anybody, whether it's somebody guilty, somebody innocent. If they can, if they can use that to divide the public, they will then become prosper. They will become prosperous over these tragic events, and we can even prove that. We're going to read Psalm. 73. This was just in my daily Bible reading yesterday as I've been going through the Psalms. And this is what Psalm 73 says. Sorry for that bump. That was my Bible falling out of my hand. Let's see. Psalm 73. Truly, God is 
good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heathens, or excuse me, they set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them, and they say, How does God know? And is there any knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Make no mistakes, my friend. The Bible clearly speaks of an elitist class that gain their power and their riches through the oppression of others. And it even says that they speak wickedly concerning oppression, very much like the critical race theory of our modern government speaks of an oppressor class and an oppressed class. Make no mistakes the only oppression that exists in this world comes from the oppression. And I'm not saying that there is not oppressed people. But understand the oppressed people are oppressed firstly because of the wicked and because of the sin nature of the world. And there is a man who came to set you free. His name is Jesus Christ. And you can be set free from the oppression of sin and make no mistake, you will face oppression in this life as a believer in Jesus. But you will be free. Your soul will be free of the bondage of the death that comes with sin. So I encourage each and every one of you, if you are listening to this and you have not accepted Jesus Christ, do so now before it becomes too late. Give your life over to Jesus. Reach out and feel his freeing power because even as the grasp of the evil one becomes ever more clear and present in this world, your soul will be free. You will have joy everlasting when you truly embrace the real true Jesus of the Bible. We're not talking about this, this white, froofy, hippie Jesus of churchianity, but rather the real Jesus that will come back with a sword of fire coming out of his mouth very soon. So Psalm 73 goes on to say, Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou cast them down into destruction. This is what how God sees the wicked. So we're contrasting now God's view of the wicked through that of what Asaph was admitting he saw. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast 
before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom, I, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all of them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. And so, brothers and sisters who may be listening to this, this is the best advice we could have of what to do in times like this. We draw close to God, to God and we declare all of his works. There is nothing in this world that can change the fact that the gospel must go out. If now more than ever... The gospel must be preached to the nations and the light of the world must be seen in these dark times. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our second story of... It is a story from the National Institute of Health and their director and it has to do with vaccination mandates. And we'll get back into that and see... Some of the things going on compare what he says with some of the medical studies just released. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the news, the weekend news bulletin. Welcome back to the weekend news bulletin here on Course Correction Radio. So we're going to go right into the second segment of the show, and this has entirely to do with the most not allowed, I guess the most banned subject you can do, and many of you are going to glean what I talk about. It has to do with the biggest thing coming out of huge pharmaceutical companies right now. And from here on out, we're going to refer to it as the secret sauce, just because I really want to get this out to as many people as possible, and I'm trying not to break any community guidelines that may come up. So let's go to the next article we have on the list for today. And... This is coming from Infowars.com again, and this is what it says. If I can get the link to open. Biden, NIH director, mandating COVID vaccine, quote, would make a lot of sense. End quote. This is an article by Kellen McBreen. And this is what it says. Speaking with MSNBC's Chuck Todd on Thursday, National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins promoted mandatory vaccinations. Touching on, vac- quote, vaccine hesitancy. And this is me quoting from the article. I would just like to say that. That's the only reason I'm using this word. Collins said, particularly white evangelicals seem to be resistant to the idea that vaccines are something they want to take advantage of, end quote. Quote, that would also be, that's also true of a lot of young people who think this disease as one, as one that doesn't have much of a threat to them and are going to 
going about doing the usual things without much concern, end quote, he complained. Quote, and politically, we know from the polls also that this seems to split by your political party, and certainly Republican men in particular seem less likely to be interested in the vaccine, end quote. The NIH director called the lack of vaccinated white evangelicals, quote, alarming, end quote. Why wouldn't you want to take care of a free, safe, and effective vaccine that can save lives, he asked. Next, Chuck Todd asked where Colin stands on mandating, asking, at what point would it be better for the overall good of the public for some form of a vaccine mandate? Collins noted some colleagues in healthcare facilities have started to experiment with vaccine mandates, but that because the vaccines are only under an emergency use authorization by the FDA, mandates could be illegal. I don't think in many cases, he says, that would make a lot of sense, he concluded regarding mandates. By saying the only reason that they can't mandate yet is because of the emergency FDA approval, it is likely Collins would support a government mandate once vaccines are fully approved. Now, I will say that is the conjecture. That is conjecture. Only time will tell. But it is very possible in the days we live in. The NIH head continued to praise the vaccinations as, quote, an amazing development for science where a vaccine that's safe and effective was put forward in the most rigorous way in less than a year. All right, so that's where we're going to stop that because I want you guys to know this also is um, something that might be of interest to some of you. And that is... Let me see if I can pull it up here. There is this article as well. Let's see. Well, first, actually, before we get into that, I'd like to play this clip for you. So that way you can hear the NIH director say that for himself. communities of faith about vaccine hesitancy. Um, is that the issue, though, or is this a larger problem than, than maybe religious beliefs? It's a larger problem, uh, Chuck. Certainly it is the case that particularly white evangelicals uh, seem to be resistant to the idea that vaccines are something they want to take advantage of. That's also true of a lot of young people who think of this disease as one that doesn't really have much of a threat to them and are going about doing the usual things without much concern. And politically, we know from the polls also, this seems to split by your political right. party, and certainly Republican men in particular seem less likely to be interested in the vaccine. Everybody has somewhat different reasons for this, but it is alarming that this is yeah. so widespread at a time where we're right on the edge of being able to get past this disease or not. Not, depending on what happens in the next couple of months. Well, can you try to animate that line for us? What is that line? What is you know? It is. What is? Where do we need to get where we can say, okay, the last fifteen is it? The last fifteen percent we can tolerate not getting vaccinated. The last ten, the last five. Is there a target number out there that you're looking at? 
Nobody really can say precisely where that bright line is, where you get to herd immunity and the virus has to go packing. And of course, it will differ across the country depending on how much disease there is. But generally, we want to get somewhere to 70 to 85 percent of people being immunized. We're not there. We're making great progress. But as your graph showed, we seem to perhaps be flagging a bit. There's still 130 million people who haven't gotten their first dose yet. And that's way too many if we want to send this virus packing. If we have 130 million people who are still susceptible, this is going to go on and on and on. And let me just say something particularly to young people who I think are maybe among the most resistant. This is not just about yourself. This is also about providing that kind of community immunity that's going to protect your neighbors, your grandparents. This is about doing something for the whole community, not just about oneself. I would also say people have not begun to realize how significant the long-term consequences of COVID can be. Even for young people who have had mild illness, many of them, months later, are still struggling with fatigue, with sleeplessness, with brain fog, unable to kind of go back to the way they were. You don't want that. And this vaccine prevents you from getting sick in the first place, so it also prevents that long COVID problem. There's so many reasons here. So I would just appeal to people, if you feel you've already made up your mind and you're not going to do this, step back from that, kind of hit the reset button. Look at the data, because there's so much evidence out there. What's about safety? What's about efficacy? Why wouldn't you want to take care of a free, safe, and effective vaccine that can save lives? Look, I know we're hesitant uh, on mandates, just in general. You know, you hear the word mandate, and I don't care what you attach it to, whether it's about a a mandate to make sure you, you sign up for health insurance, for auto insurance, right? There's different, and I know this gets in debate. But at what point would it be better for the overall public for some form of a vaccine mandate? Well, certainly there are organizations considering that. You've seen colleges and universities beginning to raise their hand and say, if you're coming to our school next fall, we need to see that you've been vaccinated. Healthcare facilities uh, who have responsibilities not to have this virus spread to patients that are in their care also beginning to speak about this. Uh, there are challenges. <laughs> their issue, because this is an emergency use authorization and not a final approval by FDA, there's some debate about whether organizations have have the legal authority to do mandates, but I do think in many cases that would make a lot of sense as long as you allow exceptions in places that are really appropriate, but still, you know, Chuck, this is, it's sort of hard for me to understand. We are the most technologically advanced country in the world. We've had this amazing development from science where a vaccine that's safe and effective was put forward in the most rigorous way in less than a year, and 500... All right, now that we have that done, let's play, let's read this other article real quick and see what we've got here.
Alright, another one from InfoWars, and the reason I keep bringing them up is because they're the only ones I have found that are reporting on these things. If you have found somebody else that is, please let me know. I would very much like to follow it. Report, Pfizer vaccine confirmed to cause neurodegenerative diseases. In a shocking new report on the COVID-19 vaccines, it has been discovered that the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine has a long-term health effects not previously disclosed, including ALS, Alzheimer's, and other neurological degenerative diseases. And in this article, there is a link to the medical study, which I will read from now. So that way we know we're getting it from a primary source. And this is COVID-19 RNA-based vaccines and the risk of prion disease by J. Bart Klassen, medical doctor. This is from Microbiology and Infectious Diseases. And this is what the results say. Analysis of the Pfizer vaccine against COVID-19 identified two potential risk factors for inducing prion disease in humans. The RNA sequence in the vaccine contains sequences believed to induce TDP-43 and FUS to aggregate in their prion-based confirmation leading to the development of common neurodegenerative diseases. In particular, it has been shown that RNA sequences GGUA, UG-rich sequences, and UG-tandem repeats, and G-quadruplex sequences have increased affinity to bind TDP-43 and or FUS and may cause TDP-43 or FUS to take their pathologic configurations in the cytoplasm in the current analysis uh, a total of 16 UG tandems repeats and um, it has some information I'm look I am not a medical specialist definitely not a geneticist um, but it says they were identified an additional UG rich sequences which were Identified, and it looks like we have here an upsilon, uh, upsilon gamma, upsilon gamma sequence is what it says they found the tandem repeats. So that would be your UG. It's uh, I don't know why they do it in Greek symbols, but I'm sure they have a reason. Two gamma, gamma, upsilon alpha sequences were found. Gamma quadruplex sequences are possibly present, but sophisticated computer programs are needed to verify these. The spike protein encoded by the vaccine binds angiotensin-converting enzyme 2-ACE2, an enzyme which contains zinc molecules. The binding of spike protein to ACE2, or excuse me, uh, yeah, however that goes, has the potential to release the zinc molecule and an ion that causes TDP-43 to assume its pathologic prion transformation. And um, the main reason that I want to talk about this is because if, let's just say, the, the, really the only thing Christians need to be concerned about this is how are you going to respond if some sort of mandate were to go into place? Because we very much see whether it's this one or um, in one of our other segments on um, the apostate report, we talked about um, how there is a chimpanzee adenoviral vector 
that comes from a, uh, a uh, and I believe it's AstraZeneca. Um, it's a, from a virus that only monkeys can get, or chimpanzees. And we know whether it's this or synthetic messenger RNA, God made everything according to its kind. So the first thing we must ask ourselves is, is this something that God would want his people to take? What is it doing to our 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 genetic code to where it's causing neurodegenerative diseases? As far as I know, um, it would have to be that messenger RNA, the whole thing of messenger RNA is it takes a code that goes and it, it sends a message to rewrite it from what I have understood through these studies. And we must ask ourselves, does our Father above who created us a certain way want us taking these synthetic uh, messenger RNA codes in our body and or viruses from a completely different species of animal because eventually we have to understand that the Bible in no way speaks to any type of evolution happening. We did not come from chimpanzees. And even secular scientists will argue that, say, yes, our code, our genetic sequence is like a chimpanzee's if you remove pages and paragraphs of genetic code. And there's a video on that, and I'll try to make sure I have it in the show notes so you can see it for yourself. But they're removing a lot of information that doesn't match up. If it, they don't know what to do with it, they just throw it out. We must understand that I don't, I personally don't believe that our Father wants us taking these things, but this is why we're presenting you the information so that way you can study it for yourself. You can pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and see what it does. Because at the end of the day, whether I like it or not, you have the choice to do with your body what you will. What we must all understand is that eventually, Every choice we make, we must answer to God for. And I just want you to be armed with the information you need to make that choice to the best of your ability with the Holy Spirit's guidance. And so, before we close out this segment, if you have not read the books of Maccabees, I highly recommend it. Because they were faced with mandates where they had to go against their beliefs. And many bad things happen. And we know one day, Matthew 24 says the same will happen to us. And we'll read that real quick. And we've gone over this before in podcasts. But we'll do it again. Alright. Matthew 24, 10. And then many shall be offended. That word is scandalizo. It is literally scandals that cause people to turn away from their belief. Many will be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Why must you endure till the end? This right here. Then shall they, this is verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So let's, let's say this is something that does happen, and I'm not saying it is. I'm saying we have to be critical and think we have to use critical thinking on these things. Will people hate us because we're not taking 
these experimental concoctions? And the answer is most likely yes. So in the state I live in, the mask mandate will not be lifted until all adults take this concoction. And I cannot in good faith take that. And I know people will hate me for it. Just take it, get it over with so we can stop wearing the mask. First of all, the mask mandate is that just that. It's a mandate. It's not a law. So technically, you're not required to follow it. But you do your own research on that because I am not here to give you legal advice. But understand that many will hate you. And eventually, as these things get closer, we get closer to the end, we will be persecuted. Not just, and I, there's a difference between emotional persecution where people make you feel bad versus the fact that one day we are going to be taken into some sort of building, brought before a tribunal, and we will be beaten for the things that we believe in, even killed. Read the Maccabees and see what happens. I will not talk about the heinous things that happen. I've talked about them in other podcasts. But just know that mothers had to watch their children die for standing up in the things that they believed in. And this was before the coming of Jesus Christ. So how much more now with us having the full revelation of the gospel should we be standing up for things that are for the gospel? Because if this medical study is in fact true and it is leading to these neurodegenerative problems and these people are dying, however rare they say these problems are, this is a preservation of life issue. And that is what God's law is for. It is for the preservation of life. I think I'll leave that there. We'll see you tomorrow, because at the time you're hearing this, it should be Saturday evening. We'll see you tomorrow if you watch the podcast live on YouTube at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time on the Weekend News Bulletin. Take care.